Hello, welcome to Upright Citizens. My name is Bob Deboo here with Ruben Rogers. What's up, Ruben Rogers? How you doing? Good, Bob. I just said your first and last name two times in a row. That was really hey, awkward, but that, that's all right. That's all right. You got to do you. You got to do you. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, so, I mean? it's all about individuality out here. <laughs> it's so good to see you again, man. It's been a minute. Oh, uh, well, not well. I don't know what's been a day, two days. Yeah, yeah. No. It's, it's, I mean, for I'm me, joking. that's a long time. I'm it's a I'm long joking. time. I'm joking. I've been missing no, you. Everything's <laughs> <laughs> cool in yeah. St. Louis, though? Everything's good in St. Louis? great man weather's finally uh you know it's beautiful out here so well yeah i'm here i'm still Love here in you. anguilla i'm glad to be here uh looking at the ocean while we uh listen to some 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 music and share some of this bass love that we have yeah. to, to give and uh, hashtag bass love yeah all right what, what, so what, what do we have today what do we have today what we're up to today so we're we're going to do some more listening we're going to check out bass and drum teams which uh, we've done a few episodes of before, and it's always fun to get to talk about, you know, the connection with bass players and drummers that, you know, they're on a bunch of recordings with and talk about, you know, just different situations that they end up in. You know, previously we talked about, you know, Mingus, and we talked about Paul Chambers, of course, Ray Brown, you know, we've gotten right. into some cool bass players. Definitely. And uh, today I get to take over. I'm going to do two of my bass teams today. Hello. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So the first one up... Uh, for my two bass teams is uh, the great Paul Jackson and mm -hmm. Mike Clark. So Paul nice. Jackson, of course, incredible uh, electric bass player, kind of changed the scene uh, for a lot of people with in regards to like, you know, like what funk means inside of uh, like, quote unquote, jazz music or whatever. Mm -hmm. To back it up. Um, so Paul Jackson, he's from Oakland, California. Mm -hmm. Mike Clark, also from California, he's from Sacramento, and they're mm. roughly, you know, I think they're around the same age. But mm. uh, uh, so long story really short, uh, they got their first like recorded experience together with uh, Herbie's Headhunters band, mm -hmm. right? So not the first album, the, he the Headhunters album, that first one has got Harvey Mason on it. But not long after that, and that's coming out of Mwandishi, which is a whole nother, yes. you know, but the, but the progression from Mwandishi into Headhunters and then finally into Thrust, which is where Paul Jackson mm -hmm. and Mike Clark first are, you know, like hop on the scene. And, right. uh, you know, I wasn't I wasn't listening to music when this first came out, but I'm sure that this like turned a few heads, like especially I'm coming sure. from from Herbie and even after something like Mwandishi. So. Um, I'm wondering, I mean, you don't know the trivia behind uh, how that, how they came to uh, hire Mike Clark for the band or were, were they playing? I'm just thinking because you said Sacramento and Oakland, they, did, they, they weren't really playing together in California, were they? They apparently were, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, I read that, um, that Paul Jackson recommended Mike Clark for the band. There you go. Yeah, and so there it is, without me even knowing, that classic case, how uh, those, you know, bass and drum teams that come together it's and also drummers recommending or bass recommending the drummer they like playing with you know what always have that 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 drummer or that bass player in your back pocket ready ready to hire you know i mean Absolutely. that you have a nice connection connection with i like that i like definitely that. and mm -hmm. uh you know that decision there just changed the world <laughs> for us bass players right <laughs> nice. this is just so funky so funky but uh -huh. yeah so headhunters was huge right so they're piggybacking off of uh headhunters was like sold over a million copies i think it was I like mean, the yeah. first jazz lp to sell I mean, over a million they were copies. they were Humongous. i mean yeah you ever uh did you ever read uh herbie Hancock's book 
and then talk about some of the head hunter days and how like wow he couldn't believe you know he was actually in like star status when he got to the head hunters and how we were they, they were playing was, i don't know stadiums and doing yeah all kinds of shows it was it was quite quite interesting yeah um, that's such, that's such a great book yeah i've not read all of it but there's i've got a right. i've got a quote ready from it actually so this okay. is a quote from herbie about paul jackson and i'm mm -hmm. quoting him now paul jackson was an unusual funk bass player because he never liked to play the same bass line twice so during improvised solos he responded to what the other guys played and I thought I'd hired a funk bass player, but I found out later he'd actually started as an upright jazz bass player. Ah. So, you know, and, and that made me think initially, okay, there's similarities there to James Jamerson, even, ah, you know, like you part go. of the lineage, you yeah. know, like yeah. with uh, how James would always like, he's right in there. Uh -huh. All the bass lines sound beautiful, but mm -hmm. he would, you know, he would bob and weave with his bass lines and change Are things we, up. Bob. And we, I like that, Bob. And we, but look, but that's crazy. How you, I didn't even know for those who were listening, I didn't know that he had that quote up and ready to go. We got a little connection going on, Bob. See, I mentioned Herbie, and you're like, you know what? I got a quote for you. All right, yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, a little bit more, a little bit more before we get into the listening. This is a listening session for sure. But I also read this uh, recently uh, about uh, so Paul Jackson's dad worked as a uh not a bouncer but like a security guard and actually he was working at um he would take paul jackson the bass player the guy we're talking about he would take him out to clubs like to hear music and so there was uh, a, a memory that paul jackson talks about is his dad taking him to see the miles davis quintet at the black hawk in san francisco <sighs> Ah. And he went and saw Paul Chambers playing playing bass in the group, of course. Ah. So Paul Jackson was around, like checking out. You know, of course, there's the you know the great recordings from the Blackhawk. Yes, uh, live at the Blackhawk, a bunch yep. of different artists, of course, at live at the Blackhawk. Blackhawk, but uh, that really influenced Paul Jackson to to play upright and therefore progress into uh, electric bass too. Wow, so nice. I thought that was really interesting. You know, wow, great. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, Paul uh, Paul had just passed back on March eighteenth, mm -hmm. so uh, of this year, twenty twenty one, and uh, you know, rest in peace. Uh, rest Paul in had peace. been living out in uh, in Japan mm -hmm. for like the last thirty years. Yeah, I only uh, got to meet him one time, and that was in Japan in the airport randomly. Oh, wow, wow. I, I think I was walking with my bass out, and he, you know, he was walking with his his electric, and somehow we were in the luggage baggage claim or something we you know you know how you see another bass player another musician you're like hey what's up say, what's up and we just it was just a quick hey yeah yeah wow watching oh nice you know but obviously he had been living there for many many years even when i and that was i think that was a good 10 years ago that i that i'm talking about wow, so gotcha. you know you know yeah he he had a, a fruitful career and, and it was you said he was doing some uh teaching there right in in uh, in in japan and also playing gigs obviously but i don't know yeah what, yeah i think that was a big passion of his was teaching he started okay. up an academy out there and i i i'm blanking on the name of it i just read it recently but okay. i don't have that right. in my in my copious notes here. anyway big big up big big up yeah, paul jackson absolutely paul jackson yeah. and so we're going to mm -hmm. listen to a few uh choice cuts from uh paul jackson with mike clark and just mm -hmm. listen to this connection so the first one i've got queued up have to start have to start at the top actual proof from herbie's thrust album is just you know likely you've heard it not you ruben i know you've heard it but if everybody that's listening you've likely <laughs> heard this but just it bears so many repeating so much repetition here we go mm. this is actual proof mm. 
We got more tracks. I gotta let that one slide away. I love that so much. The funk is Man. relentless. Oh. Uh, uh, a small piece of my own trivia with that particular song. In the late nineties, I pl- I had the privilege of playing with the great uh, Nicholas Payton's trumpet, Nicholas oh, Payton's yeah. band, right? Mm. And I, I remember hearing this song before he brought it in one time. He brought this song in for us to play an, as an acoustic quintet. Whoa, cool. And uh and, and I had never actually played the tune even on electric bass. And it was like it was interesting to play. I mean, we we got to some stuff, but that form is 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 tough. I mean, especially Definitely. on solos, you know what I mean? I was keeping that, you know, but it was fun to play with that band. And we we were, you know, we were working bands, so we were able to work it, you know, many, many nights over and over and over. And I really got to appreciate that song. Uh and uh yeah when i hear it now it just took me back to like having to like go back to the record and be like man how are they playing this you know <laughs> like, yeah. wow but yeah uh-huh. it was definitely uh a serious especially for that time i mean it was it was it's a monumental time for, for that band to, to come and, and and play this kind of music it was very original very original. make it sound seamless too exactly. i mean there's some there's some you know like some odd not odd time signatures but you know right. some uh truncated measures or whatnot and just like yes. odd phrasings and things yeah. like that yeah. but to listen to the recording yeah. it's just like man they're just yeah. flowing through it it's just music but that sound he gets on that bass man the sound he gets out of that it sounds like a p bass i mean, like with maybe some flat rounds it sounds like maybe it sounds like yeah. that doesn't it yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah, it's, it's it's so it's such a signature sound and so funky and, wow yeah, yeah, it just pops. Yeah. And, and for everybody listening too, if y'all haven't heard Gumbo Nouveau, you need to go hear that. We talk about uh, Nick, oh, you told Nicholas Payton. Oh, no, 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 no. That album, Paul Jackson, Camellia. <laughs> all right, all right, back. I'll, I'll stay on topic here. <laughs> so let's move forward a little bit. So Thrust was 1974. Let's listen a year later, 1975. This is uh, Spankily off of Flood. Then this is 1975, and this takes just a minute to open up, but let's uh, let's let it rip. Here we go. More of this nasty Mike Clark. All these 16s in here that is so funky and swung, man. Like 
Ugh. I like how his bass drum is tuned on this. Me too. Yeah. It's interesting. So inside of this, you hear the harmonics and the wiggles that Paul's known for. The muted. This is another another super long track, and they go places in this. I mean, go listen, go listen to Flood if you've not checked it out before. That was just a little tease for y'all. Just a huh? little, little, yeah, okay. we just a little tease. But you what know. do we? What do you hear inside of all of that? You know, like there's a bunch of there's a bunch of information just even in that like one minute that I just played. Yes, um, yes. I mean, I mean, just this. What I hear, I mean, I know you weren't necessarily asking me like that, but it's it's. I'm used to rhythm. His precision, actually, in his rhythm. Yeah. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm because he's he's anticipating i mean my 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 clock is laying it down and he's coming like way after like i don't even know if you played it again i would be able to, to, to but i like the just the way it kind of it's he's waiting he's waiting and then he's like all right then i have something to say and then the baseline keeps on going like that but yeah. but he nails it every time he does it right and then you know all the inflections and he's able to do all those fills and then get back to the baseline oh you yeah you know what i mean yeah wow. definitely yeah, master, and you know master. like Inside of all that too, you hear Mike uh, on the on the 16th on the I hat, but he's moving the snare around. It has this like it's mm. funk, right? It's and it's precise. There's all this precision precision going on with how mm. they're making the 16th feel, but there's also like a bit of push and pull with uh, like where they're where they're putting it just a little right. bit. Yes. And uh, and and with Mike, how he's playing on that last that last cut where he's putting the snare drum, it makes it seem like okay, what do I latch onto here? You uh, know what I mean? And you know it's true. grooving everywhere, but it's kind of like. The, being a little bit deceptive you know what mm, i mean but still yeah. like uh but still just like i mean so funky like non-stop and then all the paul isms in there like uh mm. hitting these harmonics all the muted muted notes yes. the little yeah. wiggles mm. that he wah, wah, yeah. like those right, little right, right. uh the little mm. wiggles that you mm. know it's paul jackson when you hear that but um yeah just so good and the 16th like or the, the just the groove is so open yeah yeah know? and it's just, so beautiful it's, it's tight and it's open at the same time. Tight. So just, God, yeah. I like that description. Tight. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh-huh. uh so let's bump ahead. This is not this is the same year. I've got a couple more tracks I wanted to play. This is from the next the next uh track I'm gonna play is from an album that is the Headhunters post Herbie. Uh, Herbie ah. was of course still doing stuff, but this is like the, they took the Headhunters band. And took it a little bit, you know, took it further uh, yeah. while Herbie was going on to do other things, right? So we've still got uh, Benny Maupin in the band here mm-hmm. uh, in the track that I'm about to play. And this is from an album, uh, Survival of the Fittest, which is under mm-hmm. the Headhunters moniker. And on guitar, I love this dude's name, Blackbird McKnight. 
Hello. Black Blackbird McKnight on some funky guitar. But this is more Paul Jackson with Mike Clark. This track is called If You Got It, You'll Get It. And as we get into it, you're going to hear a little bit of uh, Paul Jackson doing some singing, too. Uh, uh, quick question. How long yeah. after, after the last track that we just heard? How long is this? So this is also 1975. Oh, it's in the same same time frame. Okay. Yeah, right. I think it's mm -hmm. so. I think the the previous track was from Flood, which is the live right. album. Right. So mm -hmm. they were on tour, uh, mm -hmm. obviously doing doing that. Um, and then I think this is later on in the year. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, All definitely. Right. But the same 1975. This is if you've got it, you'll get it. <laughs> Just in the sake of time again, go check that out. That's if you got it, you'll get it from Survival Ooh. of the Fittest, the Headhunters, with a little he Paul Jackson deep in that pocket. I, actually, that's the that's the most how could I say subtle? I think I heard Paul Jackson play. <laughs> and yeah. then he was like, you know what? This is what it's called Ooh. for. I'm gonna Ooh. stay right here. You know what yeah. I mean? And and this is the one of the few times that he actually was playing baseline over and over. Right. Yes, definitely. A little yeah. opposite. A little opposite of what Herbie said. Right. But you know, he called for it. And he was like, "Here we go." You know, I'm sure he did it many other times too. But oh yeah, that was that was that that was a treat. Thank you. I don't, I've never heard that before. Thank you. It's you know, man. It's that. it's a beautiful mm -hmm. album. Yeah, for sure. And to hear to hear Paul's bass line lining up with Benny Maupin like that, just that sound. Yeah, with the bass clarinet. So funky, yeah. but that man, yeah, that bass mm -hmm. clarinet and that deep, beautiful mm -hmm. tone that Paul gets out of his bass. Man, so nice. Uh, and just that, like that, that lope in the 16th, man, it's so mm. funky. So mm -hmm. funky. All right. I got one more. I got one more track. Paul Jackson with Mike Clark. There's, of course, much more that they, that they've both done uh, in different facets of their careers. Mike Clark is still, still doing a bunch yep. of stuff. You know, he's yep. out playing a ton and wow. uh, just sounds amazing to this day, uh, of course. But this last track that I'm going to play is from an album they did together that they put out. Uh, which is, uh, hold on, it's the, the title of the album is called The Funk Stops Here, <laughs> all right? And, <laughs> and this is 1992, so we're, we're moving oh, ahead okay. in time 
a little bit. And now I apologize, the volume of this is a little bit lower, so hopefully it's going to come through just fine. But uh, I'm going to play a track entitled Slinky. And this is 1992 from the album The Funk Stops Here under the, under the, uh, under the name of Paul Jackson and Mike Clark. And there is a, uh, a younger Kenny Garrett on this album, too. Oh. We're going to hear just a touch of. Oh, who's that? But, uh, who's that? You, you, the Kenny G. Kenny G. Uh, yeah. The man. Kidding. 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 <laughs> Come Keep on, quiet. Ruben. <laughs> All right. This is Slinky. Here we go. smooth where you can hear the Love difference it. that's slinky you know what's funny I, I remember here. i remember hearing this recording before and the first thing that stuck out to me is that it's like a it was a updated version at least the bass sound it was mm -hmm. like a, a of paul jackson's bass from I, 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 obviously i think he's using uh, steel strings now you yeah. know, on this on this track, at least it sounds like it. You Not know, what I mean, flats, but, but he's using round rounds. Right, it's round yeah. rounds, round mm -hmm. rounds. Sorry, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's very yeah, it's a different sound, but he still has that same Paul Jackson distinct sound. I, yeah. I remember thinking that when I many years when I heard this before, and mm -hmm. same thing came up just now. I was like, that's a familiar sound, but it's just a different tone. You know. Yeah, definitely. Same same with the drums to me. I mean, the album, yeah. the way that the whole album was recorded of course, too, is different than the later. previous yeah. uh -huh. the previous stuff that we've we've heard, like a little bit closer mic and stuff like that. A little tweaking in the tuning from Mike's stuff, but uh but you can tell that it's both of those cats just by I, the no you doubt. know, by the way they're by the way they're sitting there together. So that's it, yeah. It's, what's the name of the the name of the album is the, is the funk stops here. That's right. Funk mm -hmm. stops the here. funk stops oh, here. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, and just, thanks for that. It, thanks for reminding me about that album. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that album, man. It's so good. It's so smooth too, man. Um, but that's 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 our love of Mr. Paul Jackson. Rest in peace. Yes. Thank yes. you so much for everything, all the music, and of course, Mr. Mike Clark. Yes, um, big us, Mike Clark. We hope to see you many, many more times ahead and hear you on some more albums. And yeah, indeed. carry on that legacy. Carry yes, on indeed. that Mike Clark legacy. You know. Mm -hmm. And uh, so moving on, I've got another bass team 
it change in direction, like 180, completely different kind of vibe, but that's okay. No. This is still the same. Uh, still talking about bass and drums. That's what we're here for. You know, all this bass love and giving a little bit of love to our drummers, you know, uh, that we that we love to listen to and look up to and idolize too. My next team uh, is the great Charlie Hayden with mm. Mr. Billy Higgins. Um, and Charlie Hayden, we've you and I have... Luckily, we've we've been able to speak about Charlie Hayden a little bit before, yes. And uh, and I know that you're a big big fan of Charlie Hayden as yes, a, yes. as well. And yep. uh, I, I remember we were doing uh, one of the Building Blocks of Bass live streams, and you gave this incredible like impersonation. Like, dang, Ruben is like deep inside of Charlie Hayden, you know, like, and I was like, man, that sounds like Charlie. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love. I mean, he has such personality on the instrument. I mean, he was a personality, you know, in general, you know, in you know, in real life. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just, I just appreciate his his um, how much he gets in the simplicity that he he plays with, or and the the depth. It, that comes with it you know uh yeah. in his in his, not just his his bass playing but obviously in his, his solo playing he's just a, a consummate musician and it's something you know i grew to to appreciate over many years you know i, I would i wouldn't say as a as a young whippersnapper i didn't i didn't hear charlie in the same way i do as i grew older obviously yeah. you know my, my my ears need to mature and the more they mature the more i listened the more i, I just you know grew to appreciate it and same same thing with billy higgins you know same thing with billy higgins definitely definitely Sa same here i remember hearing um in high school hearing the shape of jazz to come uh, mm -hmm. which is, I'll play a cut from that just in a minute here, but that's, of course, with Charlie Hayden, Billy Higgins, Ornette Coleman, and Don Cherry. Um, and I remember hearing that and being just, like, enthralled with the energy of it, but mm -hmm. I think more so from the from hearing what Ornette and Don Cherry were doing. And yes. it only took, and, like, what similar to what you just said, upon repeated years and mm -hmm. listening and experience, mm -hmm. going back and hearing that stuff again, I'm like, well, there is so much more going on. Yes, and I first realized. Yeah, uh, and I, I think also as I started to play more open jazz and freer jazz, mm -hmm. I started to appreciate that even more in how he made it sound extremely organic and, and you know very organic and and simple in a kind of way. You know what I mean? But he just he had that knack. You know, when you hear people talk about his playing, he just had those big ears, that knack of trying to to shape the music. And you know, I like the album, shape the music in yeah. the way it needed to be shaped. You know, mm -hmm. under anyone. You know, and and it's 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 a, a a serious gift, serious gift that that Mr. Hayden had. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah. And his association with Billy Higgins too, you know, on these, uh, Billy Higgins. I mean, just, if we talk mm -hmm. about Billy Higgins for just a split oh, second, geez. I mean, if mm -hmm. we go down some of the list of the albums that he's done, yes. uh, yeah. from Lee Morgan, Sidewinder, Monk at the Blackhawk, from Hank Mobley, Joe mm -hmm. Henderson's Mirror, Mirror, yeah. uh, Herbie's Taken Off. I mean, classic right. like Dexter's yes. Go and Swingin' Affair, Greg yeah, Green, yeah. Charles Lloyd, Jackie McLean, so many, so many more. Yeah. So uh, versatile, Walton. that He's, beat, that beat, and the energy, so versatile, and just could just uh, another very huge personality on his instrument. They just can go anywhere with Billy. Yeah, I mean, so much people have so had so much or have even today when people yes. 
talk about Billy Higgins, they revere him so much that he was such a, a staple in, in the jazz community. Um, and he just was, he was loved. He was just loved by, by human beings, just like as a yeah. human being, not just as a drummer, you know? So obviously his humanity used to come out in his drumming, um, you know, all the time. So, yeah, uh, I, I would yeah. never forget the first time I saw a video of Billy Higgins playing and it was, uh, one of these, it was a VHS tape, Ron Carter live at, I think they were at Sweet Basil with Art mm. Farmer and, yes. uh, Cedar and, uh, it's Billy Higgins and Ron Carter, of course. And every time you're, every time it pans to or panned to Billy Higgins, he was smiling. Smiling, yeah. you know, and he just had that vibe. And I heard that su subsequently over the years, like everybody yeah. would say, he just brought this presence to the stage, yeah. uh, that uh, you know, this ebullience, you know, like that, just mm. like people loved and wanted to be around him. So I can completely understand that. And every story I've heard has been of that similar nature, you know. Um, but uh, just really quick about Charlie. Uh, Charlie uh, is from the Midwest. And Charlie Hayden, excuse me, I don't mm -hmm. need to be too formal. Uh, Charlie Hayden is from the Midwest, and he moved to L.A. in 1957, and he was looking for Hampton Hawes, yeah. who we've also talked about a little bit. In a, he wanted in to play in his band, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was searching, <laughs> you know, uh, just like Miles was looking for Bird in, the, you know, in New York back in the day. He was searching out Hampton Hawes. Uh, he turned down a full scholarship to Oberlin College, which I didn't know. Hmm. Uh, which was really interesting. Uh, and he, uh, you know, he didn't need to, of course. No, so, no. but, uh, okay. So let's listen to a little bit of Charlie Hayden with the great Billy Higgins. The first recording that I've got up is from that shape of jazz to come album. Uh, and I chose congeniality, hmm. which is, uh, wait, let's just let it rip and we'll, we'll listen to it. Here we go. This is congeniality.
I hate turning down the volume on this. <laughs> <laughs> that should never stop. That should never be yeah, stopped. I, I love the way uh, that that's recorded. It's uh, yeah, yes. it almost. Sound, I mean, it's interesting. It almost sounds it's like very few mics in the room. Almost like they're all standing in the same room. Almost right. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe really it's not organic. Like that. Yeah, very organic. Like like it's like you standing on the bandstand a little bit. It's all right in front of the, the stage, at least. You know, I don't know. That's the that's what I take from it. Absolutely, his uh, bass sounds so good on the recording too. Yes, uh, so crystal well clear, recorded. not too much in your face. Just just you can hear all his notes. You can hear. I mean, obviously, you know, Billy. Uh, you can always hear the drums, but yeah. the saxophone isn't too loud. Uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, and that's uh, I didn't mention. This is nineteen fifty nine. Yes, it's just wow. crazy to consider that yeah. you know something yeah. as modern sounding as that, which will always sound modern, right? You know, right. was produced that long, you know, at this point that long ago. Yeah. Um, but just hearing so much freedom, you know, of course, people talk about playing time, no changes, or whatever the phrase might be, but they're playing. Are they playing changes, Ruben? I don't think so. No. 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 Uh, no. They're playing like a a, a sound, right? Or, yes, or, it's a sound. Or, or I mean, it's funny. I I I've, I haven't listened to this recording in some time, and that's the first thing I started when I was listening. I was like, wait. Yeah. As far as I remember, they weren't playing by this time because they they the whole band evolved the sound and they think they they started to get to evolved over many over, over a lot of time together. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. In the beginning, that was that kind of thing. As far as I know, I mean, I should do a little bit more. Um, uh, trivia uh, so research to make sure I'm, i can back this up but as far as i know i mean they spent a lot of hours trying to to to, to get make that sound like almost i, I feel like almost like yeah, yeah you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have to listen to see what we're doing you know like we were we're like it might sound like we actually playing changes but we're not yeah. we're like yeah you know what we're, we're, we're making this together we're making this music on a high level together you know what i mean and yeah yeah so yeah Compl- I, yeah, spo- spontaneously. Yes. You know, I mean, yes. I, 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 I've read a few of uh, Ornette's biographies, different, different texts on him. They spent a lot of time playing together and right. hanging out. You know, right. and cool. uh, you know that ref- reverence that Charlie had for he saw that in Ornette early on mm. too. Yeah, uh, I've got a really cool quote here from the great Charles Mingus talking about this band. Uh, in the quote from from Mingus is it's it's like organized dig- disorganization or playing wrong right ah nice. it gets you emotionally like a drummer which i think mm. is a really really cool quote from the great wow. charles mingus he was into the band whereas like a lot of people weren't yes, miles davis reportedly really just didn't have it you know wasn't into it but mm. uh but actually uh you know uh lionel hampton leonard bernstein and it, uh uh john lewis from the mm. modern jazz quartet were early early supporters of uh, Ornette's band. And uh, and that's part of the, the team that we're listening to today with Charlie Hayden and Billy Higgins. Let's, uh, let's move on to a year later, if we mm. can. This is uh, from the next album that Ornette put out entitled Change of the Century. Uh, mm. And this particular cut is called Una Muy Bonita, which, uh, sorry about my pronunciation, but, uh, you know, that, no, <laughs> that's what good. it is. You did good. <laughs> a, little, a, little, a little pretty, a little uh. pretty. Something, something around that, just a touch pretty. Uh, but this is from 1960, and it's going to start off with uh, Charlie playing some like double stops. And again, Charlie's from the Midwest, right? He grew up in this uh, this country music, bluegrass mm. type of environment, playing in a family yeah. band, being on the radio and singing and yep. uh, all of that too. And you can kind of hear a little bit of uh, reference to that in this track right here. This is Una Muy Bonita. 
So much vibe, so yes. much vibe. I so love it. beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. his sound uh, again. Of course, the sound, but the sound of those double stops and how he's interacting and vibing with uh, with Billy Higgins is just mm. that's 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 different dance. stuff. Right there, that was a nice yeah. little dance they had going on there. Abs- nice, absolutely. nice little dance. Subtle, just in the pocket. Day, you know, beautiful music, beautiful band. Definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of uh, uh, Charlie Hayden, Billy Higgins, and Ornette's band. Now I wanted to jump kind of way ahead. So we're going to move forward uh, 27 years to the year oh. 1987. And of course, a lot of things happened in between. They also played on, on different recordings. Like one notable one is Pat Metheny's Rejoicing. Mm-hmm. You know that yeah. album, the trio yes. album? That's so, man, it's beautiful. So I had tracks ready for that one, but just in the sake of time, we're kind of moving on. If uh, anybody listening to is interested in in it, I have a Spotify playlist that'll be available. Uh, you can listen to all these tracks in their entirety and see the albums as they're mm. uh, as they're presented. But I wanted to move forward to one of Charlie's projects entitled Quartet West. Yeah, and this is uh, from 1987, and this particular tune is called "The Blessing," which here we are. This is 27 years later from the previous recording, and. And uh, and Ch- and Charlie is playing an Ornette Coleman composition. Coleman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Always and giving that reference, right? You know, absolutely. Yeah, timeless so, music. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. And so this is uh, this is uh, Charlie's band uh, when he was on the west, back into the West Coast. I don't know, I don't know his geographical situation, whatever. But with mm-hmm. Alan Broadbent uh, on the album, which is uh, which is really interesting, on piano, and then. Ernie Watts, Ernie Watts on the saxophone, yeah. Yeah. legend, I mean, in, in himself. So let's listen to a little bit of The Blessing. This is, we've just moved forward, again, 27 years, but still with Charlie and Billy Higgins and mm. this beat. So let's check out The Blessing. Mm-hmm. 
swinging. I'm gonna do the bass player thing though and jump to the bass solo. Hold on one second. Why not? <laughs> Hello. A little bass gratuity. Bass podcast. Uh, yeah, exactly. Get a bass um, player song. Exactly. So I'm gonna bump ahead just a little bit and Here we're gonna we go. listen to check out Charlie's solo after the great Alan Broderick. No offense. back in with billy's that beautiful that beautiful ride you know coming yeah. from the hi-hat like that he's very sparse always giving dancing, all the always giving that support you always mm. give him that support and you know that wow that's that sound i mean that sound i like i like uh. that period it was so clear his his sound especially in that in that time obviously you know with you know by that time you know, technology had was on his side <laughs> on most yep. bass player's side and uh-huh. and you could hear the just the tone and all his notes really clear yeah you know i, I mean i know he was a, a stickler about his instruments and the way he had them set up and i mean that's mm. the word at least that i that i heard about him and he yeah wow it actually almost sounds i'm i think it might it sounds exactly the same sound or maybe even the same instrument that he was using when he was playing with ornette you know yeah. I, it it, yeah. it sounds like that to me, but obviously we can just hear the instrument even better now, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but I mean, he it's all in his hands, also obviously any instrument he, he played probably sounded the same. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah, no doubt. But just that big, beautiful sound, long notes, uh-huh. really just that's just man. And the rhythm, his rhythm, yeah. his rhythmical choices. You you know, I mean, if you if you are you know have enough pretty good time and can can could follow the solo I, I knew exactly where he was the whole time this is the first time i've heard this solo ah. and i mean that's he he had that uncanny ability just to kind of just float you know bob and weave there it is yeah. again yeah. through <laughs> through that whole you know through rhythm to the harmony and just you know and then put it right there here i come and here's the top boom you know yeah 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 so freedom the freedom yeah. within the form you know yes. he's like kind of taking you away yeah. from yeah. you know hearing mm-hmm. all the chord changes because that's not the point right right i True. mean the, you know mm-hmm. the having this this melody come out from mm-hmm. from him and it just sounds so organic yes, you know what i mean very, but very. yeah absolutely he is not uh relinquishing mm-hmm. the form at all there so and i gotta say the big ups to 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 billy higgins you mm-hmm. know uh the last time I saw, I saw him play maybe only maybe two or three times. Okay. Uh, and one of the times I did see him play was at the IAJE. I want to say it was maybe late nineties or something like that. And 
he was doing a solo uh, drum concert, mm-hmm. solo drum wow. concert in this big room, conference room, and he just had everyone in his just you know in the palm oh. of his hand. Oh, I wow. mean, he was just playing so so much tasty stuff you know you know how these drum shows you know drums could go crazy and get chops all kinds and, of chops and do whatever yeah. i mean he had some of that too right but it was so so musical it was mm. so musical and i that i it, he left a huge impression on me when i because I, I remember walking in in the middle of one of you know one of his solos mm-hmm. and and just like just listening and being in awe, like, you know, and I, I knew it was Billy Higgins, but I mean, I had never heard like an, a musician, you know, kind of like, I don't know, just play the way he played. And, and he was so tasteful. He went through all kinds of different things. And, wow. you know, he got up and when he was done, he got off the drums and people just gave him a just standing ovation. And, you know, and yeah. Anyway, that was, that was wow. a memory I'll never forget that he just a- commanded that attention from everyone from just the drums, just playing peacefully, you know, uh, just tastefully, you know? Yeah. Oh, what a moment. Oh, that's, that's, that's yeah. beautiful. That's Good beautiful. times. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So now I've got a little blindfold track Uh-oh. a blindfold test for you ruben Uh-oh. i don't know you're not going to get this track you're not going to know what this is <laughs> or maybe you will maybe you will but here's a little here's my last cut of the great wow. charlie hayden with billy higgins okay and uh if you know what it is just let me know so here here we go here's here it is i i, I had another actually before i do that uh i, I wanted to play another track from uh enrico Perinunzi's album called first song from 1990 it's going to be in the playlist but just for time's sake i'm going to uh, I'm going to n- neglect it and leave it out okay, for okay. today. <laughs> but it's in the playlist. Check today. that out because right. it's beautiful. It's yeah. so, so beautiful. Yeah, but here is the record. mystery track. Here's the mystery mm-hmm. track, Ruben. Here we go. Thank you. 
I know that day. one. That's Joshua Redman's I, I Wish from the from the album Wish. Is that right? Right? Is yeah. that from Wish? That's from but, Wish, exactly. Yeah. But but I'm this is horrible. And I hope hopefully Josh doesn't you know I forget the name of that song though. What's the name of that of it? That's called Soul Dance. Soul Dance. Soul you know, Dance. It was so horrible. This is this is some pandem- pandemic. Blame it on a pandemic. Because hey. if I had to tell you how many times we played that song. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 that's why yeah. I bring it up. That's why bring it up. we played that. I mean, especially actually we played it a lot. Trio with, with yeah. Greg Hutchinson. We played that like count. And actually it's, it's it's delightful to hear it in this like really you know delightful kind of little dancey style because wow, I mean, because the way we play it now is is it's definitely the 21st century way it's like it's like yeah you know uh, but yeah. it's also uh i mean uh, even more it's not light it's like a lot of exploration a lot of yeah because we played it like at least 100 times or yeah. maybe 200 times now so it's yeah i love that song soul dance so one of uh, one of uh, definitely a josh redmond classic <clears throat> soul dance yeah that was 1993 from josh redmond's wish yeah and those uh, brushes Wow, those brushes, you know. Beautiful, mm. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, everybody listening too, check out uh, Josh Redman's Trios Live, and you can hear Ruben playing this track. So oh, do we uh, play it on that? Yeah. Okay. Here, let me, yeah. Oh, let, me just, uh, let me just play uh-oh. a touch of that. Uh oh, no, don't do the that. the trio one. Don't do it. Let no, that's it. You play, this is so beautiful, though. Oh, that's right. I love this, this album. Uh, that sounds like two people in the audience, but it actually was packed. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I forget reading. I read where this was. Maybe it was in Seattle or something. Blues like Alley. That. Blues Alley. Blues okay, Alley, I think. Yeah, Blues Alley. Yeah. 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 That, that record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll so, talk about another time. <laughs> people want to know, Ruben. Uh, no, no. So it was a good time. we could. Who played it better? Who played it? Better? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just totally joking. But yeah. that was, uh, you know, I wanted to end with that one because of the connection, of course, with uh, Josh, the great Josh Redman. And yeah, he, he, yeah. He's he told me he's had some. I sh- I sh- know some trivia. I'm trying to remember about that because they they ended up doing like some nights at the Village Vanguard with that band with Pat Metheny, oh, wow. uh, um, uh, uh, Josh obviously, um, uh, Billy Higgins and Charlie Hayden, and and mm-hmm. they only did they didn't even do the whole week. I think they end up doing a couple nights and then and they went to the studio or something like they did the record and then they only came you know because he could. Talk about record companies' power in those days that they were, yeah. you know, all, all they, yeah, we'll 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 bring them, we'll we'll pay for those these, the star-studded lineup to come play at the Vanguard with you for two day, two nights, and then mm-hmm. like the, the rest of the nights, where I think it was the regular band at the time with Big Bride and Hutch and them, but uh, I remember him saying that yeah, they that particular like configuration only played just a handful of times together, oh. but it was so like magical you know that yeah oh man <laughs> beautiful beautiful yeah. record yeah that uh, yeah. and I, yeah. man, it would have been something else to see them live uh, wow. especially at the vanguard i would talk about yeah. you know good yeah dream shows yeah. but Anyway, hey, Ruben, this, this has been so much fun as always. I don't mean to cut you off. Always. I'm always doing that on Zoom, no, you know, where it's as just you like should. A, That's good. That's all right. When I see you, I'm going to take care of you. But no, <laughs> you did a great job. Thank you for, for that extra like trivia and, and, you know, 
schooling us on on the back end of things you know it is the base but we should we should know all the history and figure all that out you know it gives us you know some more insight and what was going on you know musically socially all of it the time frame and all that so thank you for that extra you know you you, you inspired me to do some more homework as we do some more of these right my pleasure yeah it just takes it to a different level there's a perspective and knowing where we're coming from so it's been so much fun ruben thank you so much for another uh great hang getting to talk about okay basis and uh, bass teams so yep. big up to paul jackson mike clark uh charlie hayden and billy higgins thank you there so much go. for the music uh and we'll talk to you real soon ruben all right peace, peace.